This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. And if you're new here, I like to remind everybody at the top of every episode that even though I'm a therapist and this is a podcast that is generally about mental health, this does not serve as a replacement for therapy or any mental health services. However, in that, you might also gain something that contributes to your mental health journey or therapy in some regards, although this isn't therapy in of itself. My guest for today is a return guest. Her name is Taylor McLeod, and she is actually one of my best friends in like real life. <laughs> and she has a really cool job that I want. I don't. Were you doing this job when you were last year? Yes. 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 Well, should, first of all, welcome. Hi. <laughs> I will say Taylor doesn't love to be on the microphone. I don't. So we're going to warm her up a little <laughs> bit before we get started. But she has a really cool job and a job that I think most people don't even know like exists or that there is like a need for this type of job. And also in that her job's really confusing. I don't really <laughs> always understand it. And she does a lot of things that I'm like, wait, what are you doing? And the other night, well, this is a couple of weeks ago at this point. But she was at my house and my, our other friend, Jesse was putting together some furniture for me because I didn't want to do it. And she was on call for her job. And so she had, took this phone call and, you know, she, I heard Taylor talking to her work, worker girl voice. <laughs> and <laughs> she said something that I'll get to later in the episode that made me think of like, oh, this feels like it's a conversation that I kind of want to put out into the open with everybody because I was surprised by something that I heard and I like to consider myself somebody who stays up to date with things involving just like humans general mental health and like what 
mental health. That's yeah. what you work in mental health. See, I'm confused because I don't even really <laughs> understand everything. So we're in this together. But I, I find myself as somebody who stays up to date with this stuff. And then when she said this th- specific thing, I was like, what? Why did you say that? So I asked her to come on the podcast and she said, yes, I would love to do that because she is passionate about her job. So she's here to talk about IDD. So she's here to talk about individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, what that is, what she does when working with these human beings and how she helps and kind of just like get a conversation out there that I don't think people are having. And now Taylor, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So I want you to just tell us what you do, like what is your job and then explain what that means. Because when you tell people what you do, you have the type of job that people are like, oh, cool. And they act like they know what you mean, but they have no idea what you actually do. Right. So I am a social worker and I work in the field of crisis prevention and intervention for individuals with IDD. So we respond to behavioral health and mental health crises in this population. Um, So that can look a little bit like anything. It can look like what you think of when you think of a typical mental health crisis. So it can be those suicidal ideations. It could be homicidal ideations. Or um, if like someone is experiencing like psychosis and we can, we try to evaluate the situation and determine if a higher level of care is needed for those individuals. But we also respond to behavioral health crises, um, which can look like a wide variety of things. And we can talk about this a little bit, but individuals with IDD have decreased executive functioning. So they respond differently than you and I do in certain situations. So... That like those type of crises could be anything from getting really upset with individuals in their environment and they could respond by bashing someone's car in. They could respond by physically aggressing towards their staff person or just anyone that's around them at the time. Or it could be little things like just getting upset and needing someone to talk to. And so someone from our team will go out to assist with de-escalating the situation. So what you're saying is um, the people that you work with, they might have a situation like, I don't know, they lost a video game. But you're saying that that might be different for somebody who's not struggling with an IDD. Like the, the clients that you're working with just have responses that to anybody who doesn't really know what's going on might seem like exaggerated. Yes. Okay. Right. So if you don't understand like why an individual with IDD is reacting the way that they are, you might be like, get a grip, you know, like yeah. get over it. But when you think about someone with IDD, like has, it's just poor behavior. Right, right. They should be punished or do something, you know, about it. But when you think about it, they have decreased executive functioning. So that's like their decision making skills. They also have like sometimes not all people with IDD have this, but sometimes they can have communication barriers. So some people cannot speak at all, or some people could use pictures to communicate, or some people could use full sentences. Like it can vary, but when their executive functioning is like starting to shut down because they're in a stressful state, which losing a video game is a great example, then that executive functioning shuts down and they can't make decisions like you and I can. So they might react in a way that looks very, very different than us. So it's important to understand the reason behind why they're responding in the way that they are. So a punishment might not just be like, oh, you did that. That was you broke a plate. Right. For example, to just be like, 
you're going to time out because you broke a plate. They might not be even be able to understand that. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So teaching them like coping skills and strategies of how to respond in those moments is going to be more helpful than punishing them. Okay. So can you tell me some experiences and some reasons why what you do and the program that you work for is so important? Yes. So our program specifically focuses on the prevention side of crisis. Um, We are a 24-7 crisis response team, but we also really like to focus on that prevention side of things. And we also operate from what we call a biopsychosocial standpoint. So we're looking at the whole person. We're not just looking at them from like, okay, well, they have this crisis and then what happens? So we're going to look at like their medical diagnoses and what medications they're taking and could that be playing a part? We have a medical director on our team that we will consult with in regards to that kind of stuff. Um, We're going to also look at their psychiatric diagnoses and then what's going on in their environment that could be contributing and leading up to crises. We're not going to focus on just like, oh, this person lashed out and we need to do something to fix it. We need to intervene in that moment. But we're going to look at that from the perspective of, okay, what was contributing to cause that behavior, I guess you could say behavior to happen or for them to have that reaction or that challenging moment? And what can we do to prevent that from happening again? So if you think about it from the perspective of like, I'm going to use some examples of what we've seen. A lot of times our individuals are calling us very upset because they're turning the heat on in their house. That's been a big one right now. It's 100 degrees outside and the people that they work with are really cold when they come into their home. So I guess also important to know that a lot of times we'll say if you work in healthcare, you probably um, interacted with some individuals with IDD and you'll say their group home called or, you know, whatever. The state's really moving away from or society as a whole is really moving away from group homes and we're focusing on individuals moving into what we call like supported living homes. So they live independently. They might have a roommate or they might live in a house by themselves, but they have staff that work with them called direct support professionals, which are amazing because they, you know, go in day to day and help the individuals with whatever they need support with. So they sometimes the staff gets really, really cold and they will crank the heat up or they'll bring space heaters in. And that's causing the individuals supported to have a crisis. Now, whereas you and I would be like, hey, turn the air down. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm hot. Can we turn the heat off? They don't know how to communicate that. So they just react in whatever manner will get their needs met. So a lot of times when we think about people with IDD, like, you know, like you were saying earlier, they're acting out inappropriately and they need to be punished. Well, no, they're doing what they have to do to get what they like, whatever need they're having in that moment, they need to get that met and they may not know how to communicate that. So they're going to act in a way that will get them. They're doing what they have, what they believe that they have to do. Mm -hmm. They might not have learned the skills or have the ability to like withhold whatever skill it is to hold that information in their head to, to get that need met, which is I like that you brought up the biopsychosocial model because I think you have to look at, okay, so they have an intellectual disability. Well, also they may also have trauma or they might have grown up in a home with a lot of violence or they grew up in a home where nobody did listen to them when they said X, Y, Z, or you had to use certain language to get somebody to pay attention to you. And so it's not just about whatever the intellectual delay or disability is. It's 
oh, they're actually people too that have experiences just like the rest of us because people without IDD also might have a hard time getting their needs met. And think about like in relationships and in toxic relationships, sometimes you get in this cycle of like chaos and fighting because in your home, that's what you grew up with. Like maybe not talking about things that bothered you until you blew up. And then so every time there's actual conflict, it's an eruption. And maybe these people also have that right paired with they lack the executive functioning that you're talking about as well. Yes, exactly. And that's something that we see day to day is they forget that they also have mental health disorders in that population. So like 30 to 50% of people with IDD also have a co-occurring mental health disorder. So also think about the fact that this population is very prone to abuse, neglect, because they're (sighs) a vulnerable population that can't always you know, speak up for themselves. And that's why it's so important that we as a society work to advocate for them. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I want to touch on this too because, yeah, the part where you said they're very highly vulnerable to abuse and neglect, I think these people get overlooked a lot. And it seems like the population of people you're talking about and this is, we're going to get to this because this comes, mm-hmm. this makes me think about the conversation that you had that even made me want to have this conversation with you is because the general population lacks the education and the understanding of your client's behavior, they are just seen as problems or right. they have issues or again, poor behavior. And then even their caregivers can end up just like throwing their hands in the air. There's nothing we can do to help. But it all to me is an education problem. Like there's a lack in education, just like in just straight up mental health. People will look at people who suffer from anxiety or depression or Mm -hmm. trauma as people that are just like lazy or just frustrating people in general. It's like nobody wants to feel those things. Nobody wants that. And I don't think that the clients that you're working with and just anybody with IDD like wants to not be able to manage their emotions and wants to not be able to get their needs met in a way that makes sense to the rest of the world. Right. So Okay, can we talk about, I'm going to like sidestep this a little bit, but can we talk about basically why I brought you on here? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I learned through Taylor that something that I thought was like very normal and PC to say and ask really isn't. And I'm talking about how we lack the education and this is part of, of what I, I mean. So very often language changes things change we don't use words we used to use and we now have new words to explain things and to define things and that can feel really exhausting to keep up with and sometimes I get a little bit frustrated and I know the world also feels that sometimes because it's not like we get a newsletter every year these are the words that you can say and these are the words that you can't and something that I still don't think a lot of people understand is when generally you're talking about people with disabilities or mental health issues at all, we won't say the the bipolar girl. We'll say the client who has bipolar mm-hmm. too, or we won't say the depressed one. Right. It's, we'll say the human with depression. And, and that's just person-centered language. It makes the person first and then their struggle a second like that's not the only biggest one defining factor of them it's a part of their makeup but it's not wholly who they are that language is makes a lot of sense to me and I understand that but I think that a lot of people we learned that in school right so we didn't learn that from like uh, I don't know why e-news popped in my head but e-news isn't posting about that on Instagram like we're not getting that in our newspaper that is information that we sought out and we got so that's becoming more and more common to Mm -hmm. understand that but what's happening is that's becoming more common but also things are changing so recently i learned a lot of people that um, have autism really like to be called autistic versus the person with autism the girl with autism the xyz with autism and that's new information Mm -hmm. and so what I know to be true about that is we are always supposed to use the language that that person prefers. And that makes a lot of sense to me because as a therapist, like 
we tend to use language that our clients use. So I might, I might curse in some sessions because my client's speaking that way, but I won't curse in other sessions because they don't prefer that and they don't feel comfortable in that way. Although sometimes I might do it just to like poke at them a little <laughs> bit to get them uncomfortable, you know, but then I have clients that will get to define their own situation. So I'm not going to call something trauma right out the gate that somebody else doesn't define it trauma yet. Mm-hmm. We're going to work on that together to see how they feel. And when we're talking about like maybe sex or stuff like that, I'll use the language that they use. So that makes sense to me. But again, things continue to shift that I don't get the newsletter from E! News about. <laughs> and should so, get better about that. I know. Well, E! News should get better about that. Right. That's so, what I meant. <laughs> um, Taylor, I learned recently that something that I didn't understand. Well, first, I'm going to sidestep myself. First, let's talk about this. Can you still use the word, the term special needs? I prefer not to. Okay. I know some people I work with do use that word or use that terminology. Most adults with IDD prefer not to be referred to that way. But I think that kind of along the lines of what you're saying, like a person with autism versus an autistic person, it's important to ask the person that you're working with or that you're speaking with, like, what do they prefer? So it's the Uh, same situation. It's the same situation. Okay. Yeah. You always can ask that. It's fine. And you're not going to offend somebody if you're asking how they want to be Mm -hmm. referred as. And I think that like, this is not the same at all, but it's like when somebody meets me, they're like, do you prefer to be called Kat or Catherine? And I'm like, yeah. I actually don't really care. Right. Some people really have a preference. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody met you and like, would you like to be called Tay or Taylor? You right. might say like, please call me Taylor yeah. in this professional setting. Right. Um, <laughs> so you're not going to be mad that I didn't know. Right. Right. Exactly. And I'm clarifying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, everybody's different. So people can be offended by that. But generally, that would be the kind thing to do is to yes. clarify before we assume. Right. So getting to what I'm trying to get to. (laughs) So apparently we're not supposed to be, I don't even know how to phrase this. You might be able to help me because you know what I'm about to say, but we're not supposed to ask what age somebody presents as. Right. So a lot of times like we work with individuals in ERs or um, in hospital settings in general, and the hospital will call us and say, well, they're a 37 year old, but they act like a five year old or they're mentally a five year old. And that's what they act as a five year old. That feels really icky. It does. It feels icky. It feels gross. And because actually, after we had this conversation, I like really looked into the history of it all. And it's it's because it's called middle age. And what they do is back in the day, they would measure an individual's IQ test with like the the score of the average same age peers. Like, how are they presenting in comparison to their same age peers? And then there, this is like really gross, but back in the day, they would say adults with a mental age of nine to 12 years old were classified as morons. And then it goes down oh, from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's just, it really Which we would never, I think that's ever a, say. But that's a good example of language changing and why mm-hmm. it's really important is because like it used to be like totally cool to call somebody a moron, but like, oh, it's just like textbook. But now it, that's an insult and that's like really not kind and we would like to stay away from using that language. Right, exactly. Well, and then another thing to think about too is like a person with IDD might have difficulties with what we call ADLs, activities for daily living. So they might need help brushing their teeth and they might need help going to the bathroom or taking a shower. 
And people could say, oh, well, they're functioning at a five-year-old's level because they still need assistance with their ADLs. But really, they're very sharp and they're with it. Like, you know, they're not any different than you and I, except they just need assistance in regards to physical tasks. So why are we going to define them by a certain age if... Just because they need, they might need yeah. help with specific tasks, but they're not a child. So what might somebody say? Because I think it's fair to say sometimes there, and maybe you can help me. I'm I'm willing to be to mess this up. No, you're just fine. so we can all be in this together. But like, let's say we we are working. I work at a hospital, and I am working with this patient, and their mental capacity is below. Like significantly below the average of their age. What would I actually say to describe that? Would I say anything at all? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, if you're going to work in that type of environment, right? Because I don't expect you, if you're a uh, work in PR, to know all of these terminologies. But if you're going to work in a hospital setting or something like that, then it would be important to know, like, there's a range, um, like mild, moderate, severe, and you could... Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that that is good. So mild is going to be the majority of what you see. They're going to have some difficulties with speech, maybe, and some difficulties with, like, academics and uh, some skills. Then there's the other end of it, which would be severe, which is going to be they're going to need 24-hour care and support. Then moderate is going to be somewhere in the middle of that. You know, like they might be able to communicate some things. They might speak in two to three word sentences where you and I are having a full on conversation, you know, paragraph form. So there's mild, moderate to severe, and that would be way more appropriate. You know, what's interesting, I almost said funny. I don't know if it's funny, but it's interesting. It's like that actually makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about somebody being like, they're 30, but they present as a 12 year old. I'm like, what does that mean? Because like, yeah. when I was 12, I like, didn't feel like I had a, a delay or a disability. Right. So I'm just confused what that means. Right. And then when it's like, well, they're, they're 30, but they present as a three year old. I'm like, well, three year olds are also kind of with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really get I don't know how to comprehend that kind of thing. Yeah. But when you're saying this mild, moderate, severe, it actually puts a marker on like, what I can't expect, right? Because it's not, I think I get this visual when people say like they're 30, but they present like they're five, mm-hmm. I get this visual of, of an adult, but like a five-year-old living inside their body. Right. And that's not what's happening. Exactly. Well, and okay, so another way to think of it too is, well, first off, I've got to say this, you know, there's the whole saying of you meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Not everyone is going to present the same. So like you can meet one person with autism and they're, challenges and their vulnerabilities associated with autism could look one way they could be sensory or they could be challenges with communication but then you can meet another person with autism and their challenges and vulnerabilities are going to look completely different It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. 
Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K N I X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K N I X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Can I um, give a little shout out to one of my favorite TV shows? Yeah. I don't know how you feel about this professionally, but what came to my mind was the show Love on the Spectrum. I at first boycotted watching that show because I thought it would be like making fun of or making a joke Mm -hmm. out of people with autism and like making a dating show out of it. And that's actually not what it is. Mm -mm. And I actually loved it. And I cried in the season two. I cried like a baby in the finale because it was so sweet and beautiful and i think what i got from it was a lot of like awareness and education right and every single person on that show presented completely different exactly completely different Mm -hmm. where there was one of the what are they called one of the people on the show what's not a contestant what why am i blanking on the word for that i don't know i would just say individuals i don't know how else you would what what do you what do you call somebody who's on a tv show Uh, a reality story i don't don't know know. okay one of the people on the show i would have had no idea you sent me her tiktoks no 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 no. she was my favorite okay but there's one of them that i would have had no idea she 
has autism no idea mm-hmm. and i think most people that meet her have no idea right but but she talked about like i do struggle with a lot of things and mm-hmm. things that like aren't hard for other people are really hard for me but because people can't like see that i have autism mm-hmm. it uh, honestly kind of makes it a little bit more difficult because it's like i have this invisible thing that is actually making what i'm doing a lot more difficult than you think it is right and then there are other people that struggle with completely different things mm-hmm. and no, the contestant, I don't mind saying my favorite, Abby. <laughs> and she's the one I cried because it was just, well, there's another contestant that found love slash a relationship. I don't know if they're still together, but I still watch Abby and her boyfriend's TikToks because they're, they're so sweet. And uh, on her TikToks, a lot of times her mom will help her walk through to explain why it might be hard for her to express when she gets really angry why she can't just say like i'm angry she'll start doing other things and she has she talks about how she loses her words a lot mm-hmm. and what words come to her when she loses certain words and so anyway i'm going and on that's a tan- that executive functioning that yes, we talked I'm, about earlier yeah too. i'm going on a tangent but the point is yeah thank you for saying that because it's like the whole thing when people are like i have a friend of color or i uh have or even like going down to like i had a friend that was from london so i know everything about people from london it's like you don't like so you met somebody with autism great that doesn't mean any or you had you dated somebody that who had who suffered from depression okay well depression looks different in different people yeah so i think part of this is part of what i want people to hear is let's not assume things Mm -hmm. and let's really get to know each individual person right before we're like oh they have idd that means this yes exactly and i think watching you do your job and seeing all of that what goes into it it's every single person that you work with requires a different kind of care right which like as a therapist same. same. That's why like, yeah. I don't do the same thing with every client. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody has different needs. We all have different needs. Um, if you look at like our friend group, everybody has different needs within our friend group. And so like everybody's needs gets met in a different way too. Um, and it's the same with individuals with ADD. But to go back to the mental age thing, and I, <laughs> Sorry, I, no, on I a also wild sidetracked us, but I was going to say, I went to a conference recently where a man was presenting and he did kind of like forensic side of things. And he would get called for sexual behavior in individuals with IDD. So one example he used that like really stuck out to me, and I think it would be helpful in this situation too, to kind of wrap your brain around it. There was a man, I want to say he was like 65. I can't remember, but we'll go with 65. He was at least 60 plus. And he was called because the guy was at the mall and he was apparently in line to meet Santa Claus. And he was inviting all the children in line to come back to his house with him. And when the guy got there, you know, he's a behavior analyst, which is wonderful. They're wonderful, especially um, in this field. They do a lot of work with um, individuals with IDD. And they do behavior therapy. So he responded to the call and he, you know, was like, the first thing I said to the staff was, why does a 65-year-old man believe in Santa Claus? Like, you're setting him up for failure because he's 65. His body is 65. He is going to, you know, get excited about meeting Santa Claus. And then he is doing what we deem as society inappropriate because he's 65 and he's inviting children to his house. So you know, he doesn't, we've got to help him understand like why that he cannot do because that. Because he doesn't, he wouldn't understand if you're like, this is wrong. Right. He's like, well, I just thought that this, that would be fun. And I, these look like people that I want to be, friends, be with. friends with. Yes, exactly. So, and then something else to think about is just because individuals may present 
in a way that like they may enjoy things that younger people enjoy their bodies are also the age of what they are so if you have an 18 year old boy and you're saying he can't have any interest in girls because he doesn't understand how to interact with girls and so he yeah. can never have sex or he can never do this that or that's the inappropriate. other that's inappropriate for him to do that because well, actually, he has that mental age of a yes, eight-year-old right it's actually inappropriate to prevent them from doing that because then they're going to act in ways that can be dangerous to them in the future like they could do things that could be detrimental to them and other people because we're not teaching them appropriate ways to have relationships. That's okay. I was going to say like, if, well, if you don't teach somebody appropriate ways to have relationships, they're going to go and do whatever they need to do to get their needs met. Right. And they're not going to understand why it's wrong. So that's when you get into those situations like the Santa Claus. Yes. And the, it, yeah. That's really important. I d- didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helps to give more understanding to the whole idea why we wouldn't say like they present as a seven-year-old or whatever age it is so thank you that was really actually helpful for me good okay so obviously we could go on here however taylor and i have a special evening plan because (laughs) we i have a rec for you guys a um, tv show rec the patient was it what is it on hulu but it's is it? A, I think it might be a cable TV show. It is? I don't know. Well, it's look, a show with Steve Crow, <laughs> and it's about a client, or I guess they call them patients in that in the show, and um, a therapist. And I'm not giving a spoiler because this is like what the show's about, but the patient kidnaps the therapist and locks him in the basement. And so we started watching it, and they released a new episodes. So we have to go do that. <laughs> you have to go watch it. And if you're a therapist, don't have your clients to your home. Oh, yeah. I feel. For sure. Well, that's, yeah. The show is, it's present day, but like that used to be really normal. Like people would work out of their homes. It stresses me out. But like I I somehow get it because like, well, I think therapy's changed a lot. Yeah. Therapy's changed a lot. Well, it would make a person feel comfortable and. It's also like free and I can write off part of my mortgage as my office. So that'd be awesome. But I just, one, I like the separation of work and home. And two, I like the separation of like clients knowing what my house looks yes, like exactly. or like any of where I live. Just like privacy. So if you want to do that, go for <laughs> it. But I don't recommend it. And I think after watching the show, you might also not want to do it anymore. <laughs> but it used to be super normal. Which is crazy. My, for my therapist, even in grad school. So this is what, 2012? I think I first went to her. She split time between her home office and then mm-hmm. her office office, which then later down the line i started working that same office building oh yeah but i ghosted her and one time i was in the elevator with her at the same time yeah this was before i really wanted to be healthy so i ghosted my therapist and then i ended up renting an office in the same office building as hers not knowing and then i got there and i was like wait a second this is where i used to go to therapy that's uncomfortable so uncomfortable but i was like surely she doesn't live live here surely she doesn't work here anymore i won't ever see her nope she was like the first week i only saw her twice but one time I couldn't get out of it quick enough and I was in the elevator with her on the way up to the office and I was like I wonder if she remembers me but I'm telling myself she didn't and and that is why you shouldn't ghost your therapist (laughs) anyway thank you Taylor for walking us through a lot of that it might still be confusing to people because like I said your job is still confusing to me and it's because this is just like not common information that we educate people about we tend to educate people on what's common and, and normal and not anything else. And 
we would like to start changing that. Yeah, and ask questions. I think that's important. Like, keep asking questions. Keep trying to learn more about it. It's great people putting out shows like Love on the Spectrum because it does bring awareness to it. Um, Yeah. And also, like, your state. I don't know the words I'm looking for. But, like, ours in Tennessee is... Department of Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, and they have like numbers you can call and get more information if you have an individual in your life that might have IDD and you need resources or support. Like, look into your state resources and see what's out there, and they can connect you as well. Yeah. And my last thing I'll say is like, I just want to encourage people to not make this like an other people problem. I think that's what we do a lot with a lot of things that don't, we think don't directly affect us. And I think last, year when you came and talked about suicide and suicide prevention one of the things is like everybody's affected by it whether you know it or not Mm -hmm. we're all affected by people who struggle with suicidal thoughts or ideation or who have attempted and it's the same thing as like this is really it's a it's an everybody problem because there's people in our communities that struggle with this Mm -hmm. and there's people in our communities that have idd that are treated poorly and so try not to make things an other people problem if they are people that live in your community because mm-hmm. that's just like part of being a good person. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you. And we're going to go watch some TV now. So uh, peace out. <laughs> Bye. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily tour with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com.